the podcast. We welcome you this morning to the Sunday morning sermon. I'm going to speak about Temecula. Now that I'm here, who can I heal? Look at your neighbor and say, now that I'm here, who can I heal? I'm going to read from Acts 27, but actually the story in context comes from Acts 28. But let's pray first. Father, we welcome your Holy Spirit into this room. Jesus, you are the head of this church, but Holy Spirit, this is your room. Speak to my brothers and sisters, even what I do not say. Come, Holy Spirit, and do what only you can do. Bring the word, change our lives to those hearing by podcast, most of all those in this room. Let us hear, let us be changed, and let us be motivated. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. I'm going to read to you from Acts 27. Paul is on a ship. He's a prisoner of the Lord. They arrested him because of his stand for Christ. And they get into a lot of trouble, and the ship looks like it's going to go down. Paul says in verse 20 of chapter 27, Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. You ever been there that you seem like the sun did not appear for many days? Do I have a witness? And no small tempest beat on us, and all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But then Paul has a word from the Lord, and he says, And now I urge you, take heart. There will be no loss, for there stood by me this night an angel of the Lord to whom I belong. Someone say, to whom I belong and whom I serve. And they said, do not be afraid. Therefore, take heart, for I believe that it will be just as God told us. However, we must run aground on an island. Someone say an island. Temecula means, the very word means, it comes from a dream I had a few years ago. It's a real word. But in the dream, uh, the Lord was showing me something. I won't, can't go into the dream. We've interpreted it on our Wednesday night. We do dreams in the summer. But in the dream, I saw myself going up somewhere. And all of a sudden, the atmosphere changed and everything changed. The lights came on. And a voice said out loud in my dream, welcome to Temecula. So I, I woke up, wrote down the dream, yelled down at Pastor Hank. I was in my upstairs desk. He was down at the den. And I said, have you ever heard the word Temecula? He goes, yeah, it's a city in California. And I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm going to have to go to California. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm thinking. The Lord said, that's not what I'm saying. Um, we get so obvious. And I looked up the word. And Temecula means where, the, let me read it exactly where it is, where the sun breaks through the mist. Someone say, where the sun breaks through the mist. In Philippians 1 and 12, Paul says, I want you to know that everything, I want you to say everything that has happened to me has happened to me and will be used to advance the gospel. Anybody in this room this morning want to believe with me that anything you've gone through, anything you've done is going to be used by Jesus to advance the gospel. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And God speaks to Paul in this moment. We're going to come. There's more Temeculas to come in this moment. And heaven moves in. I don't know about you, but I can't often describe it. Sometimes we sense it. Sometimes we don't. When God just steps in in the middle of the fog. We were in Southern California where my daddy was the state bishop. And he was letting me drive, which is crazy. I was 16 years old and I was traveling up toward the northern California, and he was sitting by me, the rest of the family was asleep in the back seat, and all of a sudden, my daddy could tell you if he could remember, we hit a mountain place, and the fog moved in so deeply, I couldn't see, and I said, Daddy, Daddy, I can't see anymore, he said, baby, pull over, 
I'll take it from here. Have you ever been in a fog so dark, so overshadowing you that you knew your heavenly father said, that's okay, son. That's okay, daughter. You pull over. I'm going to get us through this thing. Come on. I'm going to get us through to where the sun breaks through the midst. And that day, my daddy got us through that fog and the sun did come out. In verse 33 of chapter 27, it says, As the darkness gave way to early light. Say, that's Temecula. That's Temecula. The word is full of Temecula moments. Abraham was in the midst of a fog. God made him a promise, but all he could see was the fog. Can I get a witness? God told him what would happen. He'd be the father of many nations. But do you know there's five chapters in the book of Genesis with zero activity in Abraham's life? And those uh, prognosticators and commentators and predictors would say it's all over. But then there was a Temecula moment when the promise was fulfilled and the fog was clear and son of righteousness broke through. Somebody give him a hand. And then there was Joseph who was promised a great promise from God that he would use him. But then he got falsely accused, put in pit, put in prison, forgotten for 16 years in a fog. Some of us can't make it 16 minutes. Can I get a witness? We can't even handle 16 seconds. But I'm going to tell you there was a moment when God broke through the fog and Joseph was escalated and elevated out of the prison to the right hand of Pharaoh. That's a Temecula moment and then there was Gideon who was so weak and so down on himself that he said to the angel of the Lord I mean it's bad when you say it to your brothers and sisters but he says to the angel you're highly favorable if I'm so favored why is all this happening in my life can I get a witness and he's fearful and he's hiding in a cave and he fought his insecurity. But there was a moment when that fog was broken by the son of righteousness. And it was the same Gideon who marched in the camp of the Midianites, not just screaming for the Lord, but for the Lord and Gideon. Let's see this victory. Come on, somebody. And then there was King David who kept sheep for many years, though he had been anointed as a king. And then he was hunted by his mentor. His mentor tried to kill him, evil King Saul. He had to hide in caves. He had to live with deserted people. He believed that the promise would come. He believed that it would come forth. But there was a moment when the promise made it through the fog and he rose to Jerusalem and God used him to conquer God's enemies. Come on, somebody. That's Temecula. And my personal favorite who originally came through my get out of my seat sermon 25 years ago, Shama. Everyone say Shama. He's right in the middle of Adino and Eliezer. Adino is taking a club and beating 800 Philistines with one hand. Eliezer is fighting so hard, David's mighty men, that it says his sword cleaved to his hand. He fought all night for the purposes of God. How long has it been since we fought all night for the purposes of God? Come on, somebody. But then there's Shama. Everyone say Shama. And Shama's standing in the middle of what looks like a field of beans. And you think he's right there in the middle. You ever been in the middle of someone who says they're winning the world and the other person is changing nations and you feel like you're just cleaning toilets? Come on. You ever been? I've been in the middle of that. I hear people, especially one time I was doing a program with Brother Perry. We just laughed about this so hard. And I was in the green room at the, at the TBN. And I could hear in the other room. And he and Walter Hallam and 
Ron Phillips were showing each other pictures of angels that had shown up in their services. And I was in there wiping the sink where I put my makeup on. I thought, I'm just the cleaning lady. I got no pictures on my phone of angels. I got no pictures to bring. I'm just nobody. And the Spirit of the Lord said, well, you got a somebody with you, and his name is the Lord Most High. Come on, somebody. And I remember that. We'll have to watch another time, and I might share that in a couple of weeks, what happened in that program and what God did and what God brought about about a miracle he did in this house through worship. But I'm going to tell you, Shama is in the middle of a field, and he is fighting over what looks like just a just a big plot of beans. Someone say beans. And he fought all night in the middle of the beans, the lentils. And other people can say, what you fussing so about? Why are you defending something that looks like nothing? The enemy will always tell you about your recovery. Why are you fighting for something that looks like nothing? The enemy will always tell you about your finances. Why are you fighting so hard for something that looks like nothing? The enemy will tell you why are you fighting so hard for your children or for your marriage I'm going to tell you today Shama fought all night and when the sun came up that next morning he had defended the very field that would feed the nations and you and I are called to defend our territory our future our destiny someone say Temecula but in the middle of that fog you can't often find a reason for what you're going through it's like when Jesus was walking on the Emmaus walk with the two disciples. At the end, they understood some things in your life are not going to make sense till the sense maker brings the sense. Can you say amen? The storm may have blown you. It blew Paul to Malta. I'll read that in a moment. It blew him to an island. The storm in your life may have blown you to where you are. I'm here, God. I'm still standing, but I don't know how to make sense of it. There will come a moment. You may never know the reason, but a revelation will come. You may never get the reason of why you faced what you faced or what you went through, what you heard, or what you said, or what you did, or whatever, ever. But there'll come a moment. Look at your neighbor and say, there'll come a moment. There'll come a moment that you'll get a revelation. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. So this is what happens. I'm going to read, from, read to you from 28. Now, they, the ship lands on Malta. Now, when they escaped, they found out that they were on the island called Malta. Someone say Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness. They kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain. I mean, it's nice, isn't it? When you get through the fog, they just survived a shipwreck. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a snake, someone say a snake, came out because of the heat. Often, the heat of the anointing on your life will bring out the attacks of the enemy. But I got word for you today. I'm speaking like a Tennessean, aren't I? I've got a word for you today, and that is, it doesn't matter the heat, the greater the protection. The greater the protection. And that came out and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer. Whom though he escaped the sea, he has yet to see the justice and he will not live. But he shook the snake off. Someone say he shook it off. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly, don't you love friends like that? Well, you made it through that bankruptcy, but I'm going to just keep watching how long that lasts. You came out of drugs. You've been clean for a year, but I'm going to check in with you on the second year. Who needs friends like that? Can I get an amen? 
But after they had looked for a long time, I love that, and saw no harm, they changed their mind. They said, now he's a God. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, people are fickle. So they land on Malta coming through that shipwreck. That's their first Temecula. We're going to get to another one. Hang with me. And they get off on the island, and no doubt word had traveled. That man right there, he told us we were going to be spared. He said God told him, and we made it here just like he said. So I'm sure in that moment he could have said, selfies with Paul. Come on, come get your Twitter. Come get your Instagram. Come get your Facebook. Hashtag, I'm with Paul. Look at me. Look at me. I'm with Paul. I'll be here all day. My name is Paul. Have your people call my people. Come on, somebody. But fortunately, he did not stop in that moment. And you don't need to stop in the moment of the fog or the moment of the victory. Keep going forward. And he begins to serve, and he gathers sticks. You've got to love the Apostle Paul. You know how much, Pastor Hank, I love the Apostle Paul. He didn't form a posse, but he began to gather sticks. I mean, you already heard the story of what's going to happen, but travel with me. Apostle Paul has an embarrassing, humiliating experience. Anybody but me ever had an embarrassing, humiliating experience? Come on now, say amen. Potentially deadly. deadly. He has private trouble on public display. Fasten is what it says the snake did. That is the Greek word kathaspa, which means to join oneself to another. You ever had a snake to join itself to you? You ever had a relationship you shouldn't have been in? Can I get an amen? You ever got into a situation? You ever picked up a vice you should have never picked up? You ever made a decision that led you into the nightclub or into the arms of Mr. Wrong and Miss Wrong? Come on, somebody. Private trouble on public display. But the important thing I love about Paul, Josh, is that he stays right there in the open and shakes the snake off. I don't think he went to a school that said how to look cool while you're going through trouble. Come on, somebody. How to look like you've got it all together and convince everybody that you're good and you're not cursed when you're going through something. I love what God is doing in this generation. I love that they're getting up and telling their pain from the pulpit. Come on. I love that they're testifying about what they shook off in their life. When I was a teenager, Michael Cook, you know this too. You didn't say things like that when you were a teenager. You didn't get up and say, hey, y'all, I've been struggling with pornography. Can you please pray? Oh, my Lord. The ushers would have landed you in the lobby. But I love that all the years of Church of the Harvest, people have got up here and talked about their abortion. They've got up here and talked about their addiction. They've got up here and talked about their identity. And people cheer them and often give them a standing ovation. Come on, somebody. I love that awakening of who we are. Church of the Harvest has always been that way. And I assure you, Church of the Harvest will become more and more that way. So how do you keep people in your corner? How do you convince others you're not cursed? How do you deal with the perceptions of others? In this story, Paige, they're saying, he's a God. i got to get my selfie. He's a God. I've got to be seen with Paul. He just saved the shipwreck. And you know, people are making up songs, going to sell it. There's going from that to, he's cursed. I knew it when I saw him. People are fickle. Someone say people are fickle. When I was a young minister, I found at the back of the Thompson Chain Reference Bible a thing about Jesus. It set me free. It said Jesus had a year of favor, a year of opposition, and a year of ridicule and rejection. 
if Jesus, the Son of God, who said, if they do these things to a green tree, how much more shall they do it unto you? If Jesus went through times that he felt rejected, if there was seasons he felt so favored, so let me tell you, you and I, as daughters of the King and sons of the Most High God, when we don't sense favor and all we sense is opposition, we've got to remind ourselves, people's perceptions are zero. Come on, somebody. And what they think about us. You see, this ought to be a place that you can shake the snake off in open. This ought to be a place where you can go to the altar and say, I'm going through bankruptcy. And nobody goes, oh, God, what did they do? What did they overspend? You know, oh, Lord, what did they do? Or I'm going through marriage. Oh, I knew it was coming. You know, what people want to do when they're not welcomed in this house or any house of the Lord to shake the snake off, that's when they isolate themselves. That's when they close the blinds. If they're men, they drink beer. If they're women, they eat ice cream. Come on, somebody. Because they just want to be away from others. I want to tell you, this house has got to be a house. If you're going through drinking too much alcohol, we welcome you. You are the whosoever. If you're going through trouble, if you're going through an addiction, if you're going through a mess, if you are going through this or that, that we say, you know what don't you stay at home that's the least time you need to stay at home while you're going through come here and hang out because we love you come on and often what we do is try to deal with it alone <laughs> there's times I didn't want to show my face in my community many times through my life wherever I lived because of what I was going through I didn't want to be seen I didn't want to talk to people it's wonderful that I learned to be those kind of people that go and hang. I don't want to hang with the president. Well, I mean, if anyway, I'll leave that alone. Um, I'll leave that alone. I, I don't want to hang with a king or an earthly ruler. I want to hang with someone who's got stigma. I want to hang with someone. That's my whole life is about restoring dignity to people. I want to hang with them. I don't want a high school mentality that you got to be the coolest and the brightest. I want a kingdom mentality that if other people think you got nothing going on, well, I'm going to come and walk with you through that place and just let people know this person is awesome in the eyes of the Lord. Can I get an amen? That's who we are to be as a church. He had to shake it off before the venom could get inside of him. Because when you get snake bitten, which I've got a whole message on that, can't bring it today. But when you get snake bitten, it rushes toward the heart. It rushes in your body to take you out. When bitterness hits you, shake it off before it gets to your heart. When rejection bites you, shake it off before it gets to your heart. When these things come to you and they start rushing through your body, the venom is meant to destroy you. And how you respond determines the outcome. Learn to shake it off in Jesus' name. And when they saw the snake from his hand, they said he's a murderer. I'm going to tell you something today. Don't spend time trying to convince some people of things they're never going to be convinced of. Come on. Don't do it. But Maria Turner, I'll say the name. At first hope of house, night of hope that we had. Um, we had it at North Cleveland at that time, 2011. And her dad walked up to me and uh, I said, oh, I love Maria. Maria had been at Hope House for about five months. Oh, I just adored her. She was so hungry for the word. And he just looked at me and he said, well, I'm glad you do. And, I, and he just said, I've been through hell with her. He said, I've lost my faith. I've lost almost everything because of her. 
And I remember I walked away, and Pastor Hank was out of town when he got home that night. I told him, he said, baby, you've got to remember these families are hurting. Don't take it personal. All I said to him, I've got faith that King Jesus is going to turn Maria around. I've seen it for a long time in the lives of others. But Maria was at Hope House because her family needed to see some proof. Can I get an amen? Her family needed to see a process. And I'm going to tell you, when you go through the process, whatever it is, I'm telling you, when I performed her ceremony to Wesley, her dad came to me. I thought he was going to pick me up off the ground. He hugged me. He kissed me on the cheek. He said, I now know the Maria that you knew, and I give God all the glory. Come on, somebody. But we spend time trying to convince people of things about us. Listen, God will show people who you are. In this passage, God shows them who Paul was. God brings the victory. I love a state when I first started ministry, I read where God says to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. Moses had credentials in his face. Joshua's like, I got nothing. I got, we tell, we spend too much time telling people what we don't have. Why don't you tell them what you do have? But Joshua is saying, you know, I got, I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have that glory on my face. And God said, as I was with him, I will be with you. And people will see my glory on your face and my credentials. Give God, come on somebody, give God time to show your family, to show your friends what he has done. Don't try to convince people. I'm not going to run back to people that still think I'm a scarlet letter leak. Lee University student because of my divorce I went through there and all that of course I remarried Pastor Hank but I'm not going to go back and convince them in fact Michael Cook and this is going to happen for you I started preaching in large conventions where half of the the Coliseum was Lee students I went to school with and guess who brought the word and guess who came up with the anointing and guess who ministered to them it was the one they wrote off at Lee College God is always going to show people who you are come on somebody you have nothing to prove say I have nothing to prove but thank God he shook the snake off in front of others and that's what you and I have got to do to show evidence people say well, I'll bring you groceries to you I know you don't want to I'm not talking about COVID I'll bring your groceries to you all oh, you're going through you don't want to show your face no you clean yourself up and you go walk down through the middle of Walmart you clean yourself up and you go down through there and buy your own groceries because if you let people handicap you a second you'll be handicapped the rest of your life there might be some time you need someone to bring you groceries but what I'm saying break off the shame break off the stigma in this house and where you are loved by God come as you are you are welcomed here come on somebody Jesus was all about it. Don't let those things that have attached themselves to you in your past or even present, don't let them hold you back from your destiny and your calling. Break off that shame. Jesus only went after one group of people. And you have a series on you might be a Pharisee, which I hope to revisit sometime later this year, maybe on Wednesdays. But I want to say this. Jesus did not yell at the fornicator. He did not yell at the demon-possessed. He only yelled at one group, the Pharisees, the religious who were doing judgments against everybody else. I'm going to tell you, if God be for you, he is more than the world against you. Come on, somebody. Come on. You know, people will say to you, um, you know, they'll tell you everything that's happened to people and what you've gone through. If there had been a group of people down there, they'd said to Paul, well, we know Bertha. She... A snake bit her right here, and she is buried two inches from you. And then there was Uncle Bob. A snake bit him over here, and now he's buried seven inches over there. And then there was that little child. 
People always want to tell you the negative outcome of what others have gone through that you're going through. What you need to do is focus on the overcomers. Focus on the survivors. Focus on those that have walked through cancer and come to the other side. Focus on those who were once homeless and now they own their own home. Focus on those that used to go to Hawassi for mental health and now Misty works at Hawassi. Come on. Focus on the overcomers. They said, no doubt this man is a murderer, but he shook it off. I'm going to tell you something, Josh, if you'll come help me. i still got a little passage to go. But I'm going to tell you something that's so powerful about this. There's this place in New York. This is crazy. Or Los Angeles, I'm sorry. That they sell you a little bit of red carpet from the Oscars and the Academy Awards and all that. So that I can pay $500, not on my worst day, to stand on a one-inch carpet that Jennifer Lopez stood on. Oh, yeah. You, you order it, and they send it to you. You have to pay a lot of money. Well, I want to stand on a little bit of carpet, Ted Cruz. I want to stand on the blood of Jesus that washes every sin away. Come on, somebody. I don't want to be standing in Jennifer Lopez's little shadow. Come on. She's awesome, but not going to do it. Look at yourself, not going to do it. But he sends this carpet. And this is what happened in this passage. And this will often happen to you. We'll get to where we're ending in a moment. This thing, so a, a, a doctor, a psychologist started studying this. And it's called corging and burging. Everyone say corging and burging. It's not the newest dance, people, okay? So burging means basking in reflected glory. It means, man, you're cool. Can I get a selfie with you? You're cool. Can I be seen with you? But see, it's basking in reflected glory, meaning that because you're so awesome, Denzel, I want to stand next to you. And he is awesome. But you're so awesome, Denzel, I want to be in your glory. The problem with that is it eventually turns to corging, which is cutting off reflected glory. This is what we should not do. Listen to me. Mel Gibson did the greatest theatrical thing of our days in the passion of the Christ. Can I get an amen? We use it every Sunday before Easter, seven places of the cross. People talk it's awesome. Make plans now to be here. But this is the sad thing, if I can speak honestly. The whole kingdom of God, when Mel Gibson did the passion, they were like, Mel Gibson's the man. Everybody was hashtagging him. I didn't even know hashtag existed back then, but everybody's just loving him, sharing pictures. We all went and saw it. We loved the passion. But, someone say but. When Mel Gibson's caught drunk, and he's cussing like a sailor. And he was cussing against the Jewish people, but he was drunk. Have you ever been drunk? Have you been around someone's drunk? They lose their filter. And he's cussing. So then the church cut him off. This was years ago, about 2002, I guess it came out, or maybe 2003, I don't remember. They cut him off. And no one wanted to talk about Mel Gibson. This is the problem. We can never be that way. We have to be the people that said, I don't care if two years ago you brought the passion and today you're drunk as a skunk and we had to come bail you out, which we do often. We're going to bring you right back in here. We're going to want to be with you. We're going to want to serve you. We're going to want to be with you because that's what the kingdom is. The only glory we should bask in is the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. Somebody give Jesus the praise. so powerful and I love that Paul shook it off you've got to shake it off shake it out of your mind shake it out of your spirit shake it out of your habits you ought to say to others learn from me watch me shake this off I'm gonna stay right here in the house while I go through this divorce I'm gonna be right here 
I'm going to come and worship. You may see it on Facebook. You may whatever. I'm going to stay right in the house. You just maybe saw me. I got arrested for drinking. Yeah, I did. But here I am again today. And uh, I'm going to shake it off in the midst of people that love me. I'm going to go shake it off down there in the gutter. Come on. That's why people go to the gutter. Come on. Because they don't think anybody's. I may have been disrupted by this thing that attached itself to me. Whether it was bitterness, unforgiveness, gossip, whatever it is. Um, sex outside of marriage or whatever. But you know what? I'm not going to be dislocated. I may get disrupted, but I'm going to locate myself in my Abba Father's house. Come on, somebody. Give him praise this morning. The cool thing is that that shaking off, we don't know. It says they watch him for a long time. I don't know what that means, but I think the shaking off was pretty fast. But in my life, I don't know about you, but I've not always had a 10-second shake off. Anybody with me? Everyone say process. Maybe process of a rehab somebody went into 14 months. Process of a year or two or three that God helped you to shake off your thought. But power comes from pain. Overcoming spirit comes from obstacles. Opportunity is often a byproduct of the adversity we went through. And because you shook the snake off when Charisma printed Pastor Hank and I's story in 1998, we could not contain the emails, the phone calls. There was men who flew in from other states just for an hour of coffee with Hank Davis, the pastor, because he had come out of cocaine and he had come through those things and he believed for his wife. People wanted to talk. When I'm ministering and people hear me talk about my wounded heart, they line up to talk to me. Why? People want to talk to you and be with you because you shook it off and you survived. And they want to talk to somebody that's fought it. If you're in a battle right now, God is saying, don't give up. If you're in the midst of the fog, God is saying, don't give up because you are going to help so many people with your stories for wow and when you overcame. Someone say amen. But he shook it off with no harm. Reminds me of Isaiah 51 where God says, I'm going to take the cup out of your hand. Whatever it is. I'll, I'll use bitterness. I could use all kind of matters of things. Addiction, whatever. I could just, the whole list here. Gossip, uh, torture against your own self, suicidal thoughts. He said, I will take that cup out of your hand and you shall no longer drink it. Can someone say amen? And then he says, I will take that cup back to those who put it in your hand. That doesn't mean people. It means the spirit of suicide. It means the spirit of addiction. Addiction has many flavors. I'm not, I'm just saying the spirit of bitterness. I'll take it back to the enemy, he says, and I will put it in the hand of those afflicted you and say, drink double of my wrath. You messed with my kids. Don't give up in the middle of the fog before God can bring you a victory. Come on, somebody. Come on, just praise him for a second. Come on, give him glory in this house. Hallelujah. Because the ultimate snake bite happened at Calvary. In Genesis 3, God says to Adam and Eve and to the serpent who tricked them, he said, I'm going to make war between the seed of Satan and the seed of mankind. But here's the deal. You might strike his heel, meaning the seed of mankind, which is Jesus, but he's going to crush your head. 
You see, Isaiah said he would be wounded for our transgressions. He would be bruised for our iniquity. And by his stripes, we are healed. Sin fastened itself to Jesus at Calvary. But Jesus shook it off when after three days in the tomb, God resurrected him to the right hand of the Almighty. Somebody give him praise. So that's another Temecula. Look at your neighbor and say, that's another Temecula. And now our final one. Now that I'm here, who can I heal? You've gone through shipwreck in your life, things that didn't turn out the way you thought. I'm here. Early morning this week, a pastor in uh, Pigeon Forge, he and his wife sent me a song. I, I played it at 4 in the morning. and it was, They sent it early, but it was so powerful. And sometime I play a little bit for you because he sounds like Michael McDonald of the Doobie Brothers. And, uh, but he says, um, this is not what I wanted, but I'm still standing. Here I am. And you may have gone through some things and you say, that's not what I wanted. And you think, was it evil or good? Why can't it be both? Why can't it be both? Joseph said what you intended for evil, God turned for good. Amen. Romans 8 and 28 says all things. Someone say all things. Work together for the good of those that love the Lord and live according to to his purpose and here's coming through the shipwreck you've gone through some things in your life we all have we've all had some shipwrecks but we landed on Malta look at your neighbor and say what's your Malta what's your Malta we landed on Malta and then we're just trying to serve you ever been there just trying to good th get a good thing and a snake comes out of the fire and bites you and you didn't see that coming you didn't expect that and you shook that off and you made it through that and then you find yourself at Malta. Here's the deal. Everything Paul went through at this moment was because God was fixed to send a revival and awakening to Malta. The things in your life, the enemy's not fighting you over your past. He's fighting you over your future. He's fighting you over what is still inside of you that God wants to bring to the earth. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. The things you're facing or you're going through. And you think, I don't know if I can shake this off. God says, come on, you just keep standing there shaking. Uh, you know, a lot of you have come to me. This has happened, that's happened. I said, that's great. Only thing I can't deal with is if you leave us. You just hang right here. We're going to make it through this. We're going to make it. Let's just hang together. And here is Malta. God has a plan. As God has a plan to turn every bit of your pain into his purpose. And all of a sudden, Paul is invited. We're almost there. He's invited to Publius's house. Publius's father is very sick. Publius is like the wealthiest man on Malta. Don't you love it? Here you are. He's a god. He's a devil. He's not going to live. He might live. I don't know if he's going to get through this. And then he gets through it, and he gets invited to the wealthiest place. I'm going to tell you, there is favor and there is honor coming to those who put their trust in the Lord. Somebody give him a praise in this house. Where God uses you in the very place that you hurt in a powerful way. And he finds himself and his dad is very sick with dysentery, which killed people then. The storm had led him to Malta. He thought he needed Malta because he just needed a place on the other side of the pain. But Malta needed him more than he needed Malta. And that's the way it is for your life. There was a reason Paul begins to understand why I was sent here. There's a reason I went through there. Because on this island, what happened is 
Paul laid his hands on Publius's father, and God supernaturally heals him from dysentery, which was impossible in that day. God does a miracle only days after Paul thought he was going to die. Is there anybody in this room? I'm not quite done, but you believe that what God is going to do with your future is greater than anything you went through in your past. Give him a shout of praise in this house. Hallelujah. 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 Just go ahead and stand all over this place. We'll finish right here. Listen to me and hang with me if you can, just for these final moments. Powerful thing is the same hand, watch me, that had been bitten by the snake was the same hand that reached out and healed Pelas' father. What you went through did not take you out. And you can't keep the snake from biting you, but you can say, you know what? I'm going to use these hands. The same hands that were a murderer, that's who Saul was, now heals. The same hand that was persecuted others now heals. For some of you in this room, let me say it this way. The same hands that were used to deal drugs or to buy drugs are the same hands that serve in the powerful kingdom of God. The same heart that was rebellious, the same heart like me that fought the purposes of God now beats for the purposes of God. The same mind that was bound now thinks the thoughts of Jesus Christ. The same feet in this room that traveled to places we shouldn't have gone and hung out in areas we shouldn't have been and we went being a part of things we should not have been a part with. Those same feet now bring the word of victory and glory and honor and say blessed are the feet who bring the gospel of Jesus Christ somebody give him a praise in this house hallelujah hallelujah the same mouth that cursed God now speaks his blessing the same person that was ridden with shame now walks in glory and brings healing you see revival hit Malta it didn't just heal that father but it said everyone that was sick rushed in to see Paul and they got healed this is a divine temecula where God brings the sun into something that was foggy someone that fell in sin is restored to greater someone say greater glory someone that thought it was over for them now say I can do all things for Christ someone that lived their life for the enemy and their vices and everything wrong now live for the kingdom of Jesus do I have anybody I'm done preaching do I have anybody that wants to see a Temecula moment in your life give him the best praise this morning hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus hallelujah God is speaking to several people hallelujah hallelujah God is speaking to several people I felt things so strongly he's saying things that have bit you shake them off I have to continually shake things off shake off rejection shake off your own grief shake off your loss shake off these things whether the process is an hour or two years or three years consistently ask the Lord because of the blood of Jesus because our hands are so anointed because it was the hands of Adam and Eve that reached and got the apple that's why Jesus's hands were nailed at Calvary to redeem our hands that we can now do the work of Jesus I want you to give him one more praise and we're gonna 
finish out. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As every eye is closed in this room, first of all, if anybody's here this morning and you've been away from Jesus Christ and you want to come back home, you want to make things right this morning. As every eye is closed, if that's you, just lift a hand. I won't come after you. God bless you. God bless you. He's here for you. Would you, everyone, repeat this prayer, and then I'm going to pray over all of you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess you as Lord. I accept you. I choose to live for you. My sins are behind me, and the cross is before me. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. Now I want you to, amen, we give Jesus praise for that. Now I just feel like the Lord is doing some things. Some people are being just, I don't know how to say it the way I sense it, but energized. Maybe there's things that you feel you're still in a fog over and you need the Lord to bring his light shining through. If that's you right now, he's here for you. Maybe this morning you feel your, your, your heart was just burning when you were hearing me talk about going back into places and you think, Lord, that's what I want to do, but I wonder will I ever completely shake this off? The Lord wants to encourage you this morning that you will. Do not lose hope. The Lord wants to encourage everyone in this room. There's a Malta you're a part of right now, a place where people need you, where even your house, your keyboards turn into revival, what you post on social media, what you say in the marketplace, what you do at your job. That is your Malta. And Jesus wants to bring an awakening, and he wants to bring a revival to people around you because your story matters. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every man and woman in this room. Lord, I don't know for those this morning that wonder, will I ever be able to shake this off? Am I going to be one of those people that are going to deal with this till I go meet with you or I die? Lord, I thank you that there's a process, but you are our healer. You are our healer. You are our restorer. For those, Lord, that feel like they're in a fog right now, it just when those words came out, they felt it, they sensed it. It seems like they can't see. Lord, remind them that the sun is going to break through. Daddy, God, you are driving the car. And when it gets too dense for us, let us stop trying to control it. Let us stop trying to fix it and just say, Abba, Daddy, I'm pulling over right here. Please take this. For those in this room that just sense the Spirit of the Lord prompting them into ministry and prompting them into obedience and giving them courage and confidence, not only to share their story, but to be that story. Lord, I pray for encouragement for them in the name of Jesus. God, Temecula moments are full of Scripture when the sun breaks through and people shook things off all the time from Genesis to Revelation. And we have the blood of Jesus and the power of God. So I speak to every snake shaker in this room. Don't give up. Keep your eyes on Jesus and believe that you are a survivor and you're an overcomer and you're going to walk out in victory. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Let's give him one last praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hands one more time. Lord Jesus, these hands, we want to be used to reach the people in our Malta, Lord. Help us, Lord, the same hands that hurt you, the same hands that disregarded you, the same mouth and feet, Lord, in the places that we went. Redeem them, Lord. Use us in our workplace. You're not asking for perfect people, just obedient and surrendered people. Use us, Lord. We're praying for great awakening and great revival. May it come, Lord. May it come sooner than we think, Lord. I believe it's already started. But let it come, Lord, just as it did at Malta. And take all of these in this room and all that will gather with us in the days to come. 
and use all the former snake shakers to do mighty kingdom exploits and to shake the kingdom of God and destroy the kingdom of darkness. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. God bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Go and have an awesome week. You are so loved. We'll see you next Sunday for Jan Aldridge.